Who raised you? Crime? Mistakes? And these motherfucking bitches? Y'all comedians know you've been biting the hate no TK on. shit for too long. TK. Motherfucking TK. Yeah. TK said, build a bridge and got over it. Want the spot, but he holding it. You controlled, he controlling it. This shit clay, he just molding it. Had to beat all of them cases. Change all of their faces. Who raised you motherfuckers? They ain't think I was gonna make it. Keep it G to a G. It's always me versus me. Never me versus him. Cause I can't be like them. Stan Latham put me on hold. But this ain't glitter, it's gold. How you gonna say no? And you don't really know. Who raised you? Ladies and gentlemen, this is the TK Kirkman Show. The jewel dropper, the lake spreader. I'm like a little bit of everything. And, um, you know, like I told you, every week for the last three years, we always try to bring different people to the forefront of the show. And I met a young lady who's a stand-up comic who's um, been doing this for one year. And I just think it's a, a fascinating situation that we give the blueprint, the knowledge, and um, so, so all other comics around the world who will listen to this interview one day can also um, use as a tool to bet themselves in the career. So hello, Miss Shelley. How are you? Hello. Thank you for having me. Uh, you're welcome. Now, did you do your due diligence? Did you do your research? I absolutely did. Ah, uh, that's I a beautiful thing. Did. So yep. what I did, ladies and gentlemen, is that she really didn't know nothing about me. And I told her that in order to have a conversation with um, comedians who've been in the business for a long time, that you have to do your research on the people who paved the way. You know, I'm just one of them. But it's good that when you have a conversation with someone that you at least know what they've done, what they accomplished, a little about themselves, because you never know it can inspire you to work harder. It's why you do a lot right. of things, you know? Right. So, so now what made you want to... Um, be a stand-up comedian like what happened in your life that made you want to do that so much um so in the last five years i was actually writing uh-huh. and i was mostly writing for myself okay and my best friend he is a producer and director so he was pushing me to actually submit the writing that i was doing into film festivals okay so i wrote a comedic um feature film Okay. And it got accepted into Newark Film Festival, and it got nominated. Wow. So that was, like, my first step in the right direction of, like, just writing for myself and putting it out there. Right. And he had worked on several projects, and he put me in them. Like, right. very small roles. Okay. And I noticed, like, we then decided that we would put money together and produce my first short. Mm-hmm. But I didn't really like it. Okay. Um, even though it got recognition, it was on um, CBS. Okay. <clears throat> but I didn't like it because I didn't like the emotion that I brought in dramas. Mm-hmm. And I had a short, s- small part in the beginning of his film that was a feature film. And I was, like, comedic. And the entire audience was just, like, hysterical, but it was only, like, maybe five minutes of me. Right. Mm-hmm. Versus, like, 20 minutes of me in a in a short. Okay all about me. I'm crying, I'm emotional, but I didn't really believe it. Right, right. <laughs> so it's not for you, but it's not for you, it's for the audience. <laughs> right. And, and if I may do a tip, in, in all the years I've been in this business, mm-hmm. I have never watched me do stand-up. Right. Like, I never watched none of my videos. 
Wow. I never watched me in none of my movies. I never watched me in any, any music video I've ever been there. I post it, and I might That's see crazy. a few seconds of it, but I don't right. watch it. Like, even when BET used to come out back in the day and Comic View and all that stuff, um, I never watched myself. That's crazy. It is yeah. weird. Mm-hmm. And well, I, I, I have a different perspective on uh, entertainment. Entertainment was just right. a hustle for me. Right. You know, I came in as a college graduate, street hustler, um, doing a lot of crazy things, making mistakes, learning life. But it helped me to become the man I am today. And like I tell people all the time, if Maya Angelou would have died at 20 years old, she would have died a prostitute. If right. um, Malcolm X would have died at 20, he would have been known as a thief, a gangbanger, et cetera. So exactly. You, you, it's you about evolution. Grow. It's about evolution. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. Yep. So what do you see yourself? Now? Do you have a certain comic that you like? Do you have a certain style that um, you go after? <clears throat> right. Like, I grew up loving Richard Pryor okay. and Eddie Murphy. Mm-hmm. So it's so interesting because now... You know, growing up, I didn't really have a lot of female comics to look up to. But now right. you have, like, the Tiffany Haddishes, who mm-hmm. is, like, the breakout Hollywood comedian. Right. Yeah, that's true. That's breakout. You know, mm-hmm. so I look up to her as a, in, in terms of her hustle and the fact that she's been able to, like, do film where, right. you know, she could bring a crowd and make, make a movie spectacular. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, But that rawness of... You know, those old school comics, I, mm-hmm. I love it. And I kind of bring that. A lot of times I feel like people look at me because I'm a teacher and I look, you know, I guess conservative at first. Mm-hmm. And then when they hear me, they're like, what is she talking about? <laughs> right. Now, so here's you my know. question, then. Do you use yeah. profanity a lot on stage? A lot, yeah. Okay, you gotta, you got to cut that out. I do? Okay. Yeah, and I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> Now, I'm going to tell you why. To all the comics It's listening. so fun. Yeah, but watch what I'm about to tell you. See, when you go on stage, remember you right. are a queen first. Okay. You're a queen first, right? And you have to be a lady. So you got to go on stage and start. Now, watch. I'm, I'm, here's the trick. I'm going to show you some games. Okay. You go on stage and you start out clean three, four, mm-hmm. five minutes, maybe even ten. As you go in mm-hmm. and you get along in the business, you're a queen will be a lot longer, right? Okay. Then going into 14, 15 minutes, you start dropping a little more profanity. So there's oh, a transition. Okay. See, there's a transition because you want to you want to get the people drawn into you because you're going to get more people into you first than if you start out using profanity because you're going to turn a lot of people off. Right, because I realized, like, it's been a mix, right? So mm-hmm. normally I wouldn't, like, in the first minute start F-bombing, mm-hmm. but it would be a lot quicker than 20 minutes. So yeah, I've seen the way you look. You, gotta, you have to do that. <laughs> What's crazy, a lot of people don't know I can do a clean set. Right. Like, I could do a, a two-hour comedy act, and now you right. use profanity at one time. And only right. people who really got to see it. Years ago, they had, this and Soul Train was really popping. Right. And Soul Train had this thing, this comedy competition that Chris Tucker was in. I mean, everybody, you name it. And I beat out everybody. And the only three finals was me, Chris Tucker, and I forgot the other gentleman's name. Right. And 
what it taught me was even though I made it to the finals, they didn't air my set on. It wasn't TV. clean for TV. No, yeah. it was clean. No, it was clean. Oh, oh okay. I was the third runner up, pretty much. Okay. Right. Okay. So they only went with the first two. Because okay. I was saving my materials. So but coming up in track and field, you know, we always had strategy. So my strategy was, I'm just going to do this bit first, and I'm going to make it, right? Because everybody knew how good I was. But when I got to the finals, I was going to destroy. And it taught me sometimes, you can't wait. You got to come with your best material at that moment. Because right. it may not be a tomorrow. It may not be right. a second chance. So that's what that taught me. But right. what but what I'm liking is that you're open to um suggestions and you're gonna hear a lot of different stuff from a lot of different comics. Oh my um, God. Yeah. I'm open. I'm very right. flexible right. and you know, I take feedback really well. But you got but a sometimes long it's way to go. Too much information. <laughs> it's too much. What you're saying makes sense. But sometimes okay. it's like I'll hear things like you know, um, be yourself, you know, because the thing is, too, there's a difference between, but it's similar, profanity and speaking, you know, um, explicitly. Yes. yes. So even though there are times where I don't curse as much, a lot mm-hmm. of the content is about, you know, I'm a grown woman, so I'll talk about, you know, sexual experiences, right. relationships. But, and, but here's the thing, mm-hmm. what, what makes you different? Every female comic does that. Mm-hmm. Every female comic does it. Right. So what you have to do is how do I introduce myself to the world as a different comic? Mm-hmm. See, because if you use a profanity, like you're talking about sucking dick and um, all Did you see that stuff. clip? No, 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 I don't watch the other comics. Oh, okay. I just know. I just know. See, I just hit it right on the head. I just know. What <laughs> I was like, "Did you see my clip?" Okay. Yeah, I just know what female comics talk about. See, I never even. I, right. I never. Even, no disrespect. I never even know who you were until you asked me about um, clubs and right um, that you could open up at. I never knew you. It just right. You caught me at the right time. Okay. At the right moment. So as I was going through my DM, and so, I wasn't going to. I don't. You know, I have so many things that I deal with. So it caught me by surprise because I said, you know, this would be something different to add to the podcast. So it breaks up the continuous thing of bad relationships or guys having problems (laughs) or girls going to jail over their nigga, et cetera, et cetera, or uh, teaching people about their credit or to pay bills. So I wanted to have Necessary stuff, though. (laughs) No, it is necessary, you know. That's what I'm saying. This is going to break it up for this one. Yeah. Okay. Now, now, Thank now, you. where do you where do you where do you perform at? Oh my God! So I started off at um, a club in New York, like okay. Manhattan. I did a open mic there, okay. and then the second show that I had was it was so amazing because I got to open up for like Flex, and um, the third one was Carl Payne at a spot in Brooklyn called <laughs> Brooklyn Estates. Uh-huh. So it was a private showing, a private comedy show yeah. that the owner produces, like, once a month in Brooklyn. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then the others would be, like, Essence and Moe's. And I pretty much stay in New York. Okay. 
Now, how often do you hit the stage? That's the thing. So in the first couple of months when I was, like, getting my feet wet, I was on stage, like, five times a week because I was preparing for the opening show where I was, like, nervous. And then it kind of died down to, like, twice a week because I also teach. Okay. Okay. So that's a lot of feedback that I get, too. Like, you know, some people are like, that's dope that you're still hitting the stage. Other people are like, I've been in the game for 10 years. you got to hit the stage every night. So, you know. You can't hit the stage every night. Right. I also did Caroline's. I did Caroline's. Okay. Yeah, it's impossible Mm -hmm. to hit it every night, you know. Right. But um, the thing that's important, and do you talk about the the kids and, in, in the school? I do, but it's, <laughs> it's from the perspective of, it's from, it's not from the perspective of me being a teacher. It's from me being a perspective of a mom that goes on my page and sees my act, but it's not a real situation. I'm just like, mm-hmm. you know, creating a story. Okay. I, you should, you should definitely put that in your act. Yeah, it is. So one of the skits that I do, bits that I do, is a mom goes on my page and she sees me talking about giving head and she's uncomfortable with it. Oh, absolutely. And that's based, yeah, it's based off, like, one of the students actually did go on, like, a page that I had in the summer just for comedy, and I was twerking with, um... What? Yeah, so, you know, watch Dazzy, Jasmine Brown? I think so. She came to New York to do a show at Sosa Con Fuego. Right. And she was like, do you want people to get on stage? Get on stage because she had, like, a new song. Mm-hmm. So I got on, and I was twerking because it was summertime. You know, I'm being silly. Right. I posted it on oh, my business yeah. page, and the kids oh. went on and saw it and shared it on their Snapchat. Man. So the next day I come in, the girls are twerking to the song, and I'm like, I'm trying to act like I don't know what they're talking about, but it happens so often that I had to be like, all right, so y'all saw my page. <laughs> right. Yeah, you crazy. can't do that, huh? You're going to lose your job. <laughs> yeah, you can't do that. No way. And that's why I'm you like, yo, what are y'all doing? And that's why you have to be conscious mm-hmm. of what you talk about and what you put out there for the world to take. Exactly. You know, you have to do that because if you don't do that, you're going to lose your job. And I think you need But it's that like so job. unfair because I don't feel like men have to be that well, censored. You're already doing the wrong thing already with your mindset. You already know it's not fair. Right. So if you already know it's not fair, why even talk about how it's unfair? If you say it, it ain't going to change it. <laughs> because I feel like it's. Life is it's not, we don't live in a time frame, I don't want to hear that a space that. where we have to be conservative and conformative. You, you want to eat? You want to win? <laughs> Absolutely. Certain rules you got to go by. This is going to, this is the way this world is, is the, what was going on before. So are, you, are you saying that's like two different rules, even as you move up? In the right. You got to do is look at the children at home. You got you got a son and a daughter. You tell your daughter to settle down and get married and and be righteous. You tell your son fuck everybody. Right. You know. So yeah, double standards. It's life. And that's what people have to start understanding. 
that some things are just life, you know, like the main subject of, uh, over the years. Just take the Wayne Wade, for instance, right? Now, all real people, everybody who was raised right, so even their opinion respects um, masculinity and thinks that the brother is wrong for raising his child like that. And he has every right to raise his kid the way he wants. But you know what he fucks up at when you put it in the public to be judged? Cause he right, because the public will have an opinion. <laughs> right. They will. Me, if I, if I, I don't want to have you laugh on this. The next time I introduce a story, please let me have my story. Don't take my story from me. I brought it, I brought it up and you just snatched it away from me. <laughs> me? Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I always do that to people. You ever notice that you ever do a topic and you're telling somebody something and you trying to get that part, which you just said, out, but that person gets it out faster than you? Oh, oh my God. Hey, can I have my story back? I don't want to <laughs> I brought the damn story up. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, okay. So what I'm saying is he wants people put their business on social media. Mm-hmm. It's a wrap. Right. It's a wrap. And that's what people got to understand. And what I don't like about him going on social media, you know, there's a lot of people that look up to him. Right. And especially young boys. You have young boys out here confused with, with the things that he's doing, the things that he's saying. And one of my jokes, believe it or not, is truly going to be about how Gabriel Union came into that man's life and fucked up his world. A lot of people think that. Um, fucked up. Hold on a second, sweetie. Yeah, um, fucked up his world. You hear me? And, and, a lot and, of people feel that. Yeah, and I want men to stop being strong. They're like, come on, yo. You've been out here playing ball, and now it's like your, your son doing nail polish and shit and wanting to be a fucking woman and want to change his name. And like I said, you could do whatever you want to do in the privacy of your home. You don't have to tell us nothing. And that's what's interesting to me. And the other thing that's in the news that's interesting to me is um, Harry from the Windsors over there mm-hmm. in London. See, that goes to shit. See, now, I believe in, I don't really believe, I don't believe in love the way he believes in love. I don't believe in love the way most people think love should be. I believe you can like a motherfucker. I believe that you could be, uh, I'm into you type shit. But when you work, so much amount of money, and you have a legacy to uphold. Yeah, shit ain't gonna always be right, but you go marry this black girl, which is obvious that the queen and everybody in there is racist, right? They're racist, mm-hmm. and it's showing that they're racist. That you get stripped of all everything that you was born to have, all the way down to you gonna go out here and fend for yourself over a female. To me, no but I feel like that's sacrifice and love. Nah, for a female, get the fuck out of here with that bullshit. All you gotta do is get Maybe he was unhappy with, you know, know. the the system but, from the beginning, but, and she right, highlighted but why, it. But that's why you stay away. Like you, you know, you, it's just like being at home and you go on the, on a away trip. You just stay away from the house. <laughs> yeah, you just stay away from the house. You stay away. You know, you stay away from the house and you come back once a year. Right. 
That's all you got to do. Especially her, because grandma didn't look, you know what I mean? She looks like she's a handful. Yeah, I, I, let me tell you something. That lady, <laughs> them motherfuckers over there is mad at him. You uh-huh. Even the, even the, She's not the, answering the, her phone calls no more. Yeah, even the report, even the report, even the papers mm-hmm. was hounding her really, really bad. Mm-hmm. So it's, a, it's just a sad thing about life, but there's so much information that, as a comedian, you can pull from. And right. Since you're, since you're a great writer... Um, all this is gonna do is get much, much better for you. Because like I can tell you, yeah, you got, you know, don't even count the time. Just enjoy the journey. Because to really become a great comedian, you really need six, seven years to become a good comedian. Easy. You need that much time. Why seven years? It's like going to college. Mm-hmm. You know, and like Paul Mooney told me. When I was young, he said, mm-hmm. um, there's no substitute for experience. So right. you need experiences. And as you get older, it's all about stories, about life. You know, right. Like some comedians don't live, or some comedians are lazy, or some comedians are not businessmen. You know, mm-hmm. so they, they need I see agent. that. Yeah, they need, they need an agent to represent them. They need somebody to do everything for them where... I made a living out of this 35 years, and not one time I haven't right. had an agent. I managed some of right. the coldest people, put a lot of people on. So I'm doing a lot of different things. And um, my career has truly just been flatline. What I mean by that is it's, it's been steady for 35 years. And I'm happy That's with amazing. it. You know, happy with it. I, I, you know, some people might get a spike in their career, but then fall off. I've been consistent every year for the last 35 years, and I like that. How have you been able to gain that consistency? I just think it's in my DNA. I think that um, Mm -hmm. because when I talk to people, that's when I'm mostly impressed when they know what I've accomplished. And I'm like, wow. And every day I just really want to do more. And I've done a lot, but I feel like I just – I like working – um, I really don't hang with comedians, you know, like, not that I'm against any comic. I just don't hang with comedians. Um, I'm pretty much a loner, and all, mostly all my friends are felons, um, boosters. <laughs> you know, I got a lot of attorney friends. You know, I've done a lot of stuff in the right. political world as well. But that's what I get along with the most is, is, is street niggas. Right. Niggas who don't have cases and all that kind of shit. Real ones, right? Yeah, real ones, you know. So, um, were you born and raised in New York? Yeah, I was born in Brooklyn. Okay, all right. So, BK, and 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 that's gonna be one of your jokes eventually. As you get older, you'll see. No matter where you, when you start traveling the world, you'll notice that no matter where you go, there's always somebody <laughs> from Brooklyn. In the building. Yep. In the building. I mean, I've been to <laughs> Moscow. I've been to, man, places unheard of. Always somebody from Brooklyn. Now, do you have children? But true. No, not as yet. Okay, cool. So now what do you do? Are you on birth control? Do you take plan B? Are you having sex on a regular basis? I've just been careful. Okay, you've been lucky. Yeah, to be I've been lucky. So have you ever been pregnant? No. Wow, that's awesome. 
Mm-mm. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a good thing. Now, do you write material about your dad, about your mom? It's funny because I literally, like, Topaz is right up the block for me because I live off Utica. Mm-hmm. They have a show every Wednesday, and I literally was like, okay, because it's a Caribbean crowd. I could talk about, like, how messed up I feel like Jamaican fathers are. You okay, know? So they feel like they show you love. But they're so cold, the way they think they show you love actually is, you know, the opposite. Makes okay, you feel Give me rejected. So, like, one of the things that I said was, and this is true, um, they're not, like, most Jamaican dads are Caribbean fathers, specifically, like, you know, Jamaicans and probably some Haitians. I don't know. You ask them for hugs and they suck their teeth. They're like, what do you mean? <laughs> so when I grow up, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm already scarred and damaged. Right. And now he's calling me, asking me to come show him love. And I'm like, what do you mean? You know? That's so. hilarious. So it's like, you know, full circle. So now what do you think that, did you ever ask him why he was like that? Yeah, but he won't answer because they don't like communication. <laughs> wow. I told him. I told him as I got older, like a couple months ago, I said, you're very, you you know, like you show love now because you're older and you need help. Mm-hmm. But back in the day when you was ripping and running, you know, you kind of right. were mean. And he's That's looking right. at me like, no, I wasn't. How old is he? Um, I think right now, late 60s. Okay, okay, wow. Like so was him and your mom married? They were married, but then they separated when I was 12. Okay, okay. Now, do you know why? Yeah, it was just, they argued a lot. So my mom, she's Guyanese, so it's two Caribbean parents from Brooklyn mm-hmm. um, that lived in Brooklyn. She was more easygoing and calm, you know, catering, nurturing, stuff like that. And then mm-hmm. he was just argumentative, I guess. So he would, like, complain about everything. But now, full circle again, in their later years, he remarried, hates his new wife, or his last wife, Mm -hmm. loves my mom, told his ex-wife in an argument, you know, I should have made things work with Hazel, (laughs) my mom, because in hindsight, like, she was supposedly, like, the best woman, you know? So I, I guess he just didn't realize it at the time. Well, that was mean on his part. He should have never said that to her. He's crazy. That's what I'm saying. Right. My dad is yeah. crazy. <laughs> He's yeah, crazy. That to her. But I told like her that. that. I was yeah. like, we, because she, ta- the wife at the time, her and I were cool. Right. You know, because, you know, respected the family unit. And I was just like, don't worry mm-hmm. about that. My mom is, I'm sure she'd be surprised to know that's what my dad feels. Because she, you know what I mean? That was so many years ago. Right. And you should put that in, you should talk about that in yourself. Right. I don't know how to work it as yet because it's so deep. Yeah, well, pretty much you talk about Caribbean dads. Mm-hmm. All right, you talk about Caribbean dads and how my dad was. But it goes to show you how men um, reap what they sow. Mm-hmm. 20 years ago, he treated my mom bad. Or what goes around comes around. 20 years right. ago, he did X, Y, and Z to my mom. Now he thought the grass was green on the other side. He got a whole new woman. And she's doing what he what he used to do to her. She's doing to him, right? And you, and you work on it. And see, the, the thing about jokes, 
sometimes jokes will be going, you're going to get a joke as you move on in life. You're going to be able to get a joke in two minutes. Sometimes mm-hmm. it might take months mm-hmm. to put the pieces together like a puzzle. Right. You know, and you'll know when you are a great comedian is when you could look at a doorknob one day and make a joke out of it. So That's deep, isn't it? That's dope, right. Because I'm like... I'm telling you, when you are able to look at a doorknob and just look at it and come up with material off the top of your head, you're going to know you arrived. I swear to God. Because most people can't do that. I'm like, okay, look at that doorknob. Can you make a joke out of it? People will think I'm motherfucking crazy. Right. It can be done. It can be done. I'm telling you. It can be done. Now I'm going to just be walking around looking at doorknobs. Yeah, it'll come to you. You may not even get it now. And you write yourself a note and put in a notebook and date it. Um... 2030, the year 2030, you'll be 46 in 10 years, correct? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if you're still doing stand-up, write yourself a note. T.K. Kirkland on this particular day told me to look at a doorknob, and if I can put up a joke, then I'm ready. And I can't wait. But If I'm still here on this earth, God willing, I would love right. for you to call me. My number still should be the same. I would love for you to call me. <laughs> no, I didn't. I would love for to hear that story. I love it. Yeah, I really would. I would love to hear that story. So now what is your, um, so we talked about profanity. We're going to cut that down. Now let's talk about physical, let's talk about appearances. Do you take care mm-hmm. of yourself? Do you Do you work out? What do you do? I just started going back to the gym. It's funny. Right before okay. this call, I actually came from the gym. Right. Um. So I cut. I had fell off. So now I'm going back. Okay. So here's my other advice. And take other kind. I believe in solid colors when you're on stage. Mm-hmm. Not a lot mm-hmm. of different prints. Not a lot of not a lot of things that people can read. Okay. You want to mm-hmm. have stuff. The reason why you want to have solid color is because you want people to focus on your mouth and the things right. that are coming out of your out of your mouth, you know, and not too pro- provocative. Don't have on uh, uh, um, leggings that's showing your clit, showing your thighs. Don't go on stage with a dress on that you can look up under your dress because you got to remember half the audiences is females. You have to cater to the female. Now you can your hair can look good, um, you can smell amazing, but dress as so jeans, a nice pair of shoes or some sneakers, um, some nice sneakers, not the dirty shit, uh, a nice blouse, and just let it be about your material, not about how fat your ass is or how good your lips are or how big your titties are. You want it to be from your mouth and telling your jokes. Yep. yep. That's what you want. And no, and then you have to learn how to talk about people in the audience. If you get heckled right now, you're going on the blueprint. 
right now and you're writing stuff down and you follow that all the way to the team. Well, that's not life. See, comedy is just like, you know, you know, you have to be prepared for the unexpected. So right. what you're doing in the audience, somebody could fall, somebody could drop a glass, somebody could heckle you. If people who are programmed or go word for word on their stand-up, once someone interrupts you, you're thrown off. Now, I don't expect you to be able to do that now. Oh, it's happened. I, it's happened yeah, to me before. And that's good. That's, that's what, yeah. Everything that's going to happen to you for the rest of your career is a learning experience. Accept it, embrace right. it, and don't be mad at it. Just say, okay. No, nah, it was actually a, a great moment. Like this one lady interrupted me because she didn't get a joke. So right. I turned it back on her and... You know, the crowd that did get it, the part of the crowd that got it, I was like, what is she like? Is she not paying attention? So mm-hmm. she kind of created a new joke. Yeah, and you're going to learn from all that. So mm-hmm. uh, and I still think you should work on your writing. Because you know who's excellent uh, that has impressed me? That girl on mm-hmm. HBO, the black girl. Issa Rae. Man. Yeah. I am so proud. She's a writer, correct? I admire her, yeah. She started off with Awkward Black Girl on the YouTube, the YouTubes, and then she ended up getting picked up for her series, um, Insecure on HBO. Yeah, I love her. I love her trajectory, like how she started off. I followed her, yep. Now, where is she from? I think California. In terms of, like, nationality? Or just where does she live? Because I know her father's from Senegal. Her mom is American. Uh-huh. And she lives in California. Okay, okay. Yeah, I'm impressed with her. She's a solid mm-hmm. she's a solid act. She is. Like she's gonna be around for a while. She's not no hype. Exactly. Because she know, produces, she, she writes, she acts, she has her own production company. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, you can't beat that. You can't beat that. Yeah, so that's what I was going to suggest, Michelle. You got to keep mm-hmm. your writing up because that's going to be your bread and butter as you get older. I agree. I agree. Yeah, that's writing right. opens so many doors. So many doors, honey. Mm-hmm. So many doors. You can you can write scripts, plays. You can write books, like. Being a writer is the greatest foundation you can have because you control the the content. The narrative. Mm-hmm. Yep. You control it, hon. And that's what's important. Now do you um can you give the my fans and your fans now your IG to follow you so they can watch this journey. Now ladies and gentlemen, I can't vouch for her yet. As a <laughs> And I have to put that out because normally people who I put on is usually I, I saw them before and I know what time it is. Come to I, my show. I I don't have time so my life is is different now. So I back when I was coming up, you know, I mm-hmm. could take certain people under my wing and teach them the game. And now it's pretty much um, I do stuff like this to help right. you out and to help comments out and other comments can listen to this story. But what I want mm-hmm. 
to all the audiences around the world is to start following you now, watch your growth, and see where this leads in your career. And that's what's going to be fascinating for me. So can you tell the audience, please, your Instagram and where you will be performing soon? And um, I'm quite sure she'll be posting it on Instagram too, ladies and gentlemen. So yeah. right now I'm going to give you, tell me your first your name, your stage name, and your IG. So my stage name is Shelly Chris, and IG is Shelly Chris 22. All right, Shelly Chris 22. Now, why Shelly Chris 22? Because names usually have a meaning behind it, so why that? So Shelly is my first name. Um, most of my friends just growing up, didn't call me Shelly Christian, Christian, my last name. It would be like Shelly Chris or Shells. Um, and my birth date is the 22nd of June. Okay, okay. Okay, so ladies and gentlemen, so with that said, um, what's the day? What week is this? Okay, so... Continue watching my Amazon special, ladies and gentlemen. You already know what's up. You know, it's the number one comedy special in the country eight weeks straight or nine weeks now. And I'm sure you could go watch it on Amazon Prime or you can just go to my site at tk.network and go to my site and watch the special. Atlanta, Georgia, March 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th. Take me at the comedy theater and um, Atlanta, Georgia. Make sure you get your tickets on this one. Um, as you know, my shit's been selling out all around the country. So it's March 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th. I had just this 4650 Jimmy Carter Boulevard. North Cross. That's like the North Cross. Or you can go to the um, site, www.atlcomedytheater.com. The phone number is Erico 770. Seven two four six four zero zero. All right, trust me, it's gonna be a sold out show. I'm truly excited about it. To um, Oakland, to man, just just follow me on Instagram, ladies and gentlemen. I'm working so much, I can't remember the shit, you know. But I'm thankful to the great Shelly. I wish you the best, young lady. Um, Thank you. I hope I hope this has um, touched through and inspired you in so many ways. It has. And I really, truly wish you the best. And you got to listen to me now. Everything I told you, you got to listen. If you do what I told you, I swear to you, you'll get to where you want to go with a lot of quality, a lot of respect, and that's what you want. You want people to respect you. They know you're a fire. All you got to do is talk to Godfrey. If you ever meet Godfrey, all you got to do is talk to D.L. Hughley. All you got to do is talk to Mike Epps. All you got to do is uh, so many comics. So many, right. and you uh, enjoy this journey. I wish you the best um, to all the fans around the world, to my cities in Jersey City, to Compton, California, to the UK. Um, what can I say, ladies and gentlemen? Oh, and by the way, if you saw that fight last night with um, Dante Wilder and Tyson Fury, it was off the chain, and I won a lot of money on the fight. Not that I'm against <laughs> Dante Wilder, but I told people. Um, a while back is that that Tyson Fury was 300-something pounds, got down to weight last year, 
and still took Dante Wilder to a draw. And I knew that where he had 15 months to get his head together, to get in shape, to get his mind right. And he's just an awesome guy. Now I'm going to tell you how Dante Wilder can beat Tyson Fury. He can't stay in front of him. He has to move to his left. If he moves to his left and go around circles and don't put himself in a position to get tied up, stay elusive, he will have a great chance in being. But if he stays there and a target right there in front of him, it's a wrap. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the T.K. Kirkman Show. Yeah. T.K. to the motherfucking K. May God bless you, and may your pain be champagne. Wish you the best in your journey, show. Thank you so much. God bless you. Make sure you follow T.K. Kirkland on Instagram at T.K. underscore Kirkland. For more information about upcoming events and more, visit www.officialtkkirkland.com. This episode of the T.K. Kirkland Show was produced by Chris Thomas, executively produced by Charlemagne the God. This is an official Loudspeakers Network production.